0: Sometime today, if you go to your local coffee shop, restaurant, or bar, you're likely to encounter a tip jar. Or, if you get your hair done, have some stuff delivered, get a mani-pedi, or get some other work done on your home, you're likely to encounter a tipping decision. In fact, how you tip and who you tip has become a big part of unspoken dialogues about money, class, oftentimes race, service expectations equitable wages in America, and work-based social policy on the state and federal level. Yep, it's a lot. I decided to talk about tipping today because the topic keeps coming up with increasing frequency in daily conversations and, the, and in the different personal finance communities that I belong to online. Comments such as, it feels like everyone is expecting a tip, or there are tip jars everywhere, and my favorite, why doesn't America do what XYZ country does? These questions and comments have become so annoying. So it was time, to, time for a conversation about tipping. Let's go. I'm a huge fan of the envelope system. It was one of the many systems that I used to help me organize my cash while paying off over $60,000 in debt. The only downside with the envelope system, um, you know, the possibility of losing your cash. I really wish cube money had been around back then cube money. And back then, I mean, when I was paying off my debt cube, cube money is a digital envelope app that pairs with a visa debit card. Your cash is kept in an FDIC insured account. Cube money is a great way to keep your money organized while you're on the go. Cube money is the envelope system on steroids. I love it so much. And I am a proud affiliate If you click on the link in the show notes, you'll learn more about Cube Money and also know because I'm an affiliate, I might be compensated if you engage with that link. If you'd like to start a personal finance brand or other online-focused business and brand and are looking for tips, information, and ideas on how to grow an online business that serves your ideal clientele, is positive, and leads with equity, please do check out my new project, The Brand Building Lab, where I talk about all things online business building. If you want to learn how to design products, how to attract projects that pay, or how to recognize when it's time to hire help, the Brand Building Lab has you covered. Many people have no idea why tipping is even a thing in the United States. It was instituted after slavery as a way to avoid paying newly freed Africans. Compensation was placed in the customer's hands. Remember, this is directly after the Civil War, so around 1865 and I use that as the date because Juneteenth. But it's almost 2022, and it's clear that tipping as a practice is deeply entrenched still in American culture. That the phrase, you can pry that option to tip from my cold dead hands comes to mind. Businesses that have tried to break from tipping culture in recent years have faced ridicule, confusion, and end up spending a lot of their time educating their clientele on what to expect While patronizing a tip free venue, because they don't know what's going on. At the heart of the tipping conversation for me are the following five key questions Who should be tipped? How much should we tip? Why are we even tipping? How does tipping make you feel? Is this system working? If not, what should be changed? So, who should be tipped? I'm surprised, to be honest, when US raised folks ask, this question, because it just feels so obvious to me after tipping my entire life. But who to tip is clearly not obvious to a lot of people. My basic rule is that anyone who provides a service for me is tipped, period, end of story. What does this look like in my daily life? Well, that could be a dollar at the coffee shop for my favorite drink. So whenever I'm at a coffee shop, I always tip a dollar. Someone mows my lawn. I typically would tip them about 20-25% because they kept me from being out in the heat and having a heart attack. If I'm traveling, I always tip the hotel cleaning staff, even if I don't get turned down service. And that's actually a big thing right now. There are a lot of single moms and people out there who have lost income because hotels are no longer doing turned down service because of COVID. I know this and so I still tip as if they still were. How that looks is I currently leave $10 for each day I stay at a hotel. So if I'm there for three days, it's $30. You get the picture. And I always leave a little note in English and Spanish in the event that the person speaks English or Spanish. Uh, there are other languages that people may speak, but those, that's typically what I do. To leave a tip like this is a very small thing for me to do and honestly a big deal for the recipient of said tip. The next question is, how much should we tip? Unfortunately, tipping has some low-key power dynamics connected to it. Customers use the tip as a way to indicate how pleased or displeased we are with the service that we've received. Basically, we're grading the person's work. What people don't take into account is how their own personal biases and perceptions of the person helping them may influence that tipping decision. Numerous studies back this up. Also, as a service person, I may look at you and you as a client and have a preconceived idea of how you might tip me. So that could actually impact how I serve you. In fact, this happens frequently to black patrons in restaurants more often than we'd like to admit. And that can happen. Actually, what will typically happen is a business will just preemptively place a tip on their bill, even when they've planned to to tip accordingly but then it's like a chicken before the egg situation. So maybe that impacts how people perceive their service because how would you feel? Anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. There are numerous books on tipping etiquette, but I actually think that if a book was published even two years ago, the guidance that it offers is likely not to reflect what is impacting tipping culture right now. I thought it would give you a general idea again of what I do. $1 for a coffee, 2 to $3 for an alcoholic drink. This year I actually raised my alcoholic drink tipping amounts, but I very rarely go out for drinks. So this raise in my tip is just really not a big deal. It could be $5 and it's not going to be a big deal because I could typically go for a drink. And so if I, you know, Denver's not cheap. So if I go out in Denver and I get a $14 drink, because typically mixed drinks are around that price, to leave a $5 tip it's like whatever like once you've committed to $14 like a $5 tip like who gives who cares 20 to 25% starting for meals out $10 a night for hotel service and then 20% starting for services such as hair mani-pedis work around the house anything like that that's where I start so why are we tipping why is this even a thing short answer because tipping supplements low base wages that's it literally that is it this summer I recorded a podcast episode about living in a city with basically a $15 minimum wage and how that has impacted my city, perceived cost of living, etc. You can go to the show notes to give it a listen. How does tipping actually make you feel? So tipping for me doesn't really elicit a deep emotion other than I look forward to the day when people are compensated fairly for the work that they're doing for others. And Quite honestly, on a very basic level, I love making people happy and helping people in whatever small way that I can. So I ask you without judgment, spend a moment just examining your actual emotions connected to tipping. What comes up when you're having those conversations, when you're frustrated, when you're it feels like this is happening a lot? Like what's coming up for you emotionally? So the final question I have is: Is this system working? In general, my view is that the tipping system takes away the responsibility of business and the federal government when it comes to fair wage practices and policies that would protect and better the lives of workers. Honestly, it seems like this is starting to become a much more constant and nuanced, thoughtful conversation. Like This is coming up, but partly because people can't find people to work. So this is becoming a conversation that for many people, they're being forced to have, even if it's reluctantly I'll be honest, though, a lot of what guides my beliefs around tipping and fair compensation is having had to depend on tips before in different moments in my life. Those tips when I was working at Starbucks so many years ago, those tips made a difference to me. I've also had friends and family perform service industry work who would be directly impacted by receiving what bad tips? I think about that a lot. During COVID, when a lot of women who worked in the service industry, their tip income was obliterated. And that was the income that they used to buy groceries, to pay rent, to pay for babysitting. So there's a face behind the tip. And sometimes you don't need to think so hard about this and be an asshole. Just tip people. Ugh. Anywho, Sometimes I wonder if the increased pushback around tipping is just a reflection of new financial pain being experienced by those who are complaining about tipping, even if they're unwilling to admit that their own budget is being impacted by something outside of tipping. So maybe they're experiencing some low-key, low-grade financial pain, and honestly, maybe it's time to rework your budget. Has it changed to the point where tipping has become a big issue for you, a big deal, and you don't want to admit it. In my case, I only go out to eat a couple times a month, even before COVID because I have expensive taste. I will check the menu and calculate my tip prior to arriving. There's no angst around tipping decisions because I've literally accounted for the tip prior to arrival. Because I go out so infrequently, I'm just not having to make these frequent decisions around tipping. And for those of you living overseas, wondering why don't like why won't America change this system quickly? Like, why can't they get it done? That's like asking when will the French stop protesting? It's clear though that change is coming. I wonder what that change looks like. Recently, I shared that I stopped sharing that I wrote romance as a side hustle. Writing books, fiction and nonfiction is literally my favorite side hustle. I love it. Love it. Love it. You can do it anywhere. That's reasonably quiet. You don't even need a laptop, even though that makes things easier. If you have a book idea that you'd like to write and are looking for a supportive community, make money with eBooks. That's my course. Maybe the course for you access to the course for the lifetime of of the course, twice a month office hours, ask your questions and share your wins, all the logistics you need for publishing your book and updated content as self-publishing changes, marketing tips, There are three different tiers to choose from self-study group study or VIP. The link to the course is in the show notes. We're about to head into winter. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. I hate this heat. And writing your first book or your second book should occur during those winter months. I'm just saying, let me know. I hope this tipping episode was interesting to you. I'm curious to hear what you think about tipping. Thanks for listening.